You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. And once again, I'm joined by Kyle Darty as we work our way through the over-unders um, throughout the league. We're now in our fourth division in a six-part series. Um, we've already completed the Southwest Division in the Western Conference and the Southeast and Atlantic Divisions in the East. We're going to finish up the Eastern Conference with the Central Division um, in part four of the series. We're now in flyover country. Um, we're going to talk about Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, Indiana, and the Milwaukee Bucks today. Um, how's it going, Kyle? You ready to talk uh, Central Division? This is going to be a really top-heavy division, so looking to uh, to clear out some of the, the lower-level teams, talk about maybe the future for some of them and, and what, what this year will hold for that. Um, but I think uh, a lot of talk about the Bucks and, and what um, what this year means for, for Giannis. Yeah, we can talk about, let's talk about Cleveland. Um, first of all, their um, over-under is set at 24 and a half wins. Um, this is coming off of a 19-win season last year, so apparently they're supposed to be five and a half games better, despite not really doing much in the offseason. Um, they didn't really lose anybody. Um, they're going to have Kevin Love presumably back healthy, which I guess would be the main thing. Um, they do have new head coach, John Beeline, the former University of Michigan um, head coach, so that will be really interesting. Um, and the only real other additions they made were... Um, were via the draft. They drafted Darius Garland fifth overall. Um, he was rumored to be the player that the Timberwolves were after when they traded up to number six when they gave up Dario Saric in the trade with Phoenix. Ultimately landed uh, Jarek Culver at number six and, you know, have said all the right things. And surely he was next on their board, but the rumor was that they were after Garland. Um, they also added Dylan Windler later in the first round. Um, so do we think that a healthy Kevin Love and I guess waving J.R. Smith is enough to make them go from 19 wins to 24 and a half? Uh, do you go over or under on the Cavs? I am going to I have the second lowest win total um, in the NBA, only um, above the Hornets. Um, the bottom four are all coming from the Eastern Conference with Knicks, Wizards, Cavs, Hornets, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go slightly under for them. Um, I don't see. I don't see Kevin Love staying healthy throughout the entire year. I think as we continue to see throughout his career, he's, he's become pretty injury prone. Uh, I, I'm really not sure what their front office is doing over the last two drafts. I think choosing two two lead guards um, in back to back years. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what um, what that does to to Colin Sexton's confidence um, as we go into this year. Um, and as you mentioned, John Beeline, um, really respected um, college head coach um, that doesn't always transition to successful NBA coach. Um, I think actually it, it, it transitions uh, far less frequently than it, than it does go well. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm going to go under um, not really a whole lot. I'd like to, to talk about with this team. It's um, I just, I don't see a lot of excitement coming from him. Yeah, I'm going to go under two. It, it obviously all depends on Kevin Love's health. If he stays healthy um, and, you know, plays 70 plus games, they're probably an over, but I tend to agree that you can't really bank on that. There's always a chance, despite the fact they're not, they're saying they're not going to move him, of course. Um, there's always a chance they end up trading him if they get off to it, you know, 
certainly not a playoff worthy start, a really mediocre start, um, you know, early to the year, early in the season. Maybe they do move him around the deadline. Um, I mean, you're right. There's not much else to write home about. There's a bunch of overpaid veterans, Jordan Clarkson, Tristan Thompson, Brandon Knight, um, Larry Nance Jr. Um, it, you know, they, they brought back Matthew Delvadova. Um, you know, there, there just isn't much there to be excited about. I'm going to go a slight under. If Love stays healthy, I think the ceiling for this team is probably something like 30 wins um, and really no idea what to expect from John Beeline. So um, I guess we'll both take the under on the Cavs and and we'll just go ahead and move on. Um, Next up in the division is the Chicago Bulls. Um, They are projected to win. Their projected win total, I should say, is 33.5 this season. Is that right? That seems really high. <laughs> let's let's double check that. Um, thirty three and a half is where they where they have All right. Thirty three and a half. So last year they only won twenty two games. Um, they lost in the offseason. Robin Lopez would be the only significant player that's no longer around. They did add Thaddeus Young. Um, I would say he's an old friend. He only played one year with the Timberwolves um, and then was traded as part of the three team deal that brought uh, Wiggins to the Timberwolves. Um, Nope, that's not right. As part of the three-team deal that brought Butler to the Timberwolves, um, I had a, a weird Anthony Bennett flashback that involved the Sixers. Um, that was a deal that brought Butler to the Wolves. Um, and then, of course, played the last couple of years with the Pacers. Uh, they signed him to a three-year deal worth over $43 million. They added a Tomas Sadoransky. Um, and not much else. So I guess that would be a, a 11.5 win jump year to year after winning 22 games a year ago. Where are you at on the Bulls? I think it all comes down to what the what the relationship is going to be between players and coach after that um, weird uh, um, scenario last year with kind of a player um, kind of coup to, to take over from Jim Boylan. Um, I really like um, the signing of Sadoransky, and I really like Kobe White coming out of uh, UNC. Um, I think he... Um, is another guy that has has the opportunity to maybe be a um, a, a dark horse um, guy for rookie of the year. I think a lot of people are going to be putting their money on Zion, but I think um, looking at him, he might be a um, big market guy that, that could get some some early opportunities to to shine. Um, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the under on the Bulls. Um, I think that that uh, that big win improvement um, uh, is, is just too much. Um, obviously, they've got they've got some young talent in in Levine um, and Markkanen. Um, I just I just don't know how uh, how much that's going to really do in the uh, in this year. I didn't mention that they do have Otto Porter Jr. They added him at the trade deadline, um, and he, you know, he's a. I mean, he's a good player. He only played 15 games for them last year, um, so that matters. Um, so that that barely factored into their 22 win season. Does that change your mind at all? I don't think so. I think they're going to be getting Wendell Carter back. Um, he didn't get as much time um, throughout the year as well. They're just so young. Um, I'm not sure Otto Porter really. Um, I think he makes a difference on a on a um, good to great team. I don't know that he makes a difference on a on a bad to kind of mediocre team. And so um, I, I really think it'll be um, whether they decide to to go all in to to make the playoffs or if they uh, go another year of, of maybe just uh, tanking at the end of the year to, to to get some more assets. Sorry. So were you over or under on them? I am. I am under. Okay. Um, even though I scoffed at the 33 and a half, I'm going to go with a slight over. Um, I think, um, 
I think between Thad Young, Sadoransky, and Otto Porter. Um, and also the other thing I think it's important to keep in mind, they didn't have really anybody stay healthy for the whole year last year. Now they, they were, um, kind of half-heartedly embracing the tank last year and, and we're kind of shutting guys down left and right. But Chris Dunn only played 46 games. Now I'm not saying he's super good cause he's not, but he only played 46 games. Uh, Laurie Markkinen only played 52. Zach Levine only played 63. All those guys are going to be healthier this year. Um, and, uh, you know, Otto Porter, the, I think he's a very good player um, and we'll be playing more than 15 games for them, hopefully this season. Um, so I'm going to go with a slight over just given health, given um, adding more proven NBA talent guys that are, um, you know, at the very least above average ish NBA players will will kind of, uh, you know, the, the guys that are less proven won't necessarily be relied upon as much. Um, and also, I mean, again, Eastern Conference, I know we, we keep saying this if you've listened to other Eastern Conference Division podcasts, but they're playing some really bad teams a lot this year on their schedule. Does does Dunn even touch the court with, with Sadoransky and White as the lead guards? Um, his value lies on the defensive side of the ball because he's, he's not much of a scorer, he's not much of a shooter. Um, so does he even does he even make an impact that, that's – that's uh, reasonable or does he become an asset where they try to um, try to sell off even though he, he doesn't really have a lot of value right now? Yeah, that's a fair question. Um, I, I mean, I've never been a huge Chris Dunn fan. Um, he was not good as a rookie for the Wolves and really hasn't improved much um, over the course of his three seasons in the NBA. So, that, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, but, you know, I don't know that a rookie in Kobe White or, you know, I just don't know that there's much um, you know, Sadoransky is a good player, but um, I'm not sure it matters as much necessarily who's at the point guard position, you know, looking at some of the other guys on the roster. Um, either way, this is a fringy playoff team at best, um, and they're not going to be the worst team in the East, I guess. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're kind of splitting hairs, but we're, we're looking at low, probably low to mid 30s wins. Um, and I'm going to go I'm going to go on the, the mid 30s side of things. Fair enough. All right. Um, hey, guess what? If you can't find a workout that keeps you engaged, Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to onepeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. That's onepeloton.com and promo code LOCKED to get started. Let's talk about the, the Detroit Pistons, um, who it seems like every year are just really uh, just kind of mediocre. And here we are again. Last year they went 41 and 41, snuck into the playoffs and uh, were immediately eliminated. They their over under total for this season, um, according to Vegas, is 38. So minus three from last year. Looking at their offseason, they lost some role players. Uh, Wayne Ellington, John Luer. Ish Smith, Glenn Robinson the third. Um, they declined to pick up his option. Um, and then in terms of additions, uh, Markeith Morris, Tim Frazier, Tony Snell are the significant names. Um, uh, Sekou Dumboya um, was selected 15th overall. And then they also signed uh, Derek Rose to a two-year $15 million contract. Um, he, of course, of the 
resurgent campaign in Minnesota last year. Um, he, of course, was on a, a veteran's minimum deal with the Wolves and got two years and $15 million from the um, perennially mediocre Detroit Pistons, um, who their coach is an old friend, Dwayne Casey, um, who was unceremoniously fired after just a season and a half or so in Minnesota, um, back between the, uh, the initial Saunders era and then the, jeez, uh, I don't know, the Randy Whitman era, which I guess was far, far worse. Um, anyways, we won't, we won't go down that path. Um, the Pistons. So 38 is their over-under. Where are you at with the Pistons? So I, I think a lot of this depends on, on your thoughts of Blake Griffin, Andre Jummond, and and uh, Reggie Jackson as a, as a big three. Um, I I like what Blake Griffin did last year. I think uh, the heart that he showed of coming back into the playoffs with, with little to no um, – um, hope for a win, but still wanting to play and and, and kind of uh, drive the team forward. Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put an over for the Pistons because I don't think they're demonstrably worse than they were last year, and I think um, the middle of the of the Eastern Conference is probably a little bit worse than it was last year. So I think they find their way into into the playoffs again, um, probably in the same same range of 41 to 42 wins. Um, I think Derrick Rose is an, is an upgrade over Ish Smith, obviously. The health is going to be the key, and that's Derrick Rose over the last you know four to five years. His health is the is the key. But I think looking at what he did in Minnesota last year, um, I think he has a, a higher ceiling, and and I think fans in Detroit are, are hopeful for maybe a um, a resurgence back to uh, to more of the Chicago Derrick Rose. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I think I think uh, I think they made some strides forward this offseason. I think they uh, they finished in that forty one to forty two range. I actually think this over under is really right on the nose. Um, this is, I think the second one so far in our, um, in our pods that I would say I would push on this and would definitely stay away from it. Um, I think this is probably a somewhere between a 38 and 40 win team. Um, that said, I'm, I'm still going to take the slight under, um, the number set at 38. I'm going to say that they win just under that. Um, they just didn't, you know, the 41 win team from a year ago essentially treaded water this offseason um, in losing some role players and, you know, adding some theoretically slightly better role players. But I just I don't know. I, I think Blake Griffin had an unbelievable season last year just in terms of what was expected of him um, playing in Detroit. And I don't know that this team is, is going to be any better. I really like Dwayne Casey um, as a coach. I think Derrick Rose would be hard-pressed to have another season. He was like one for his last 40-something on threes last year. I think he made one three after after January 1st and still managed to shoot a career high, which shows just how crazy lucky he was early in the season. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just struggle to see them being as effective this year as they were last year, um, even in the Eastern Conference. They still have a shot at the playoffs. I mean, if they win 38 to 40 games, they snuck in last year with 41 um, into the playoffs. And, and it's just, you know, not a good conference. So they still got a shot at the playoffs, but I think it's uh, they're super, super fringy in terms of playoff. Yeah, contention. I think my my putting them over is is strictly just based on how soft the middle of the Eastern Conference is. Obviously very top-heavy with, with some of the big hitters with uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Um, but I think the middle is pretty soft with, with some of the Orlando Magic, the, the Miami Heat, and then obviously the bottom is, is really soft. And so I think they're going to get some, some key wins just off some of those teams. And um, I think they'll, they'll find their way to, to 40 wins. 
Um, I think Blake Griffin um, will probably take some, have some more load management as he goes through the season to to hopefully make sure he's uh, making a larger impact in the playoffs as they as they hope to make that that uh, that run again. All right, so you're over on the Pistons, and I am a slight under. Okay, we are on to the Indiana Pacers. Pacers won 48 games last season. Um, this offseason, they lost Boyan Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young, also Wes Matthews, um, Corey Joseph, Kyle O'Quinn, um, and oh, and Darren Carlson retired. I guess we should mention that as well. Um, and then they added Malcolm Brogdon. They spent uh, $85 million over four years on him. Jeremy Lamb, three years, $31.5 million. TJ McConnell, two-year deal. Justin Holiday and TJ Warren. Um, so 48 wins a year ago. Their over-under this season is 47.5. What are your thoughts on the Pacers? I think it all goes back to to what, what they're going to be able to do. I think, um, obviously, Bogdanovich took on a key role whenever um, – Old Depot went down last year. Um, he ended up f- finding his way into being kind of a, a streaky scorer, but was kind of their lead lead scorer as they went down the stretch. Um, they have a, a really stacked front court with um, Turner and, and Sabonis. Um, I'm not sure how how well those two play together. Um, I think um, looking at it, Sabonis will probably start at the four, and Turner um, played really well um, at times at, at FIBA. Um, but I think... Uh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the over because I think um, I think Brogdon will give them a lot of um, a lot of ability while Oladipo is making his way back. It looks like he's not projected to get back until um, uh, December time frame, but I think Brogdon will give them a steady hand um, as they start the season, and um, I think they'll uh, they'll go slide over. I'm gonna go under on the Pacers. Um, Victor Oladipo not returning until December is a big deal uh, from his ruptured quad. Um, I think losing both Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young really matters a lot. And filling those minutes with guys like Justin Holiday and TJ Warren um, aren't going to cut it. They're, they're still a playoff team in the East, um, but but not by a lot. Um, I actually think they're going to take a, a step backwards, maybe by a few games. This is one that I would consider. I wouldn't call it a lock, but I would certainly consider if I were betting a handful of, uh, of over-under totals. Um, I would certainly go under here. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the drop off in, in the score and the starters is, is big enough. And Brogdon, I think has been a little bit overrated. I mean, former rookie of the year, um, you know, I think the, the name might mean a little bit more than what he's going to bring to the table for the Pacers. Um, you know, I, I think the TJ McConnell signing is nice. They overpaid to re-sign Doug McDermott. Um, Demonis Sabonis is obviously, uh, um, going to be a, a big, a big, I think, kind of a, I, don't, I hate to say X factor, but but kind of that uh, when it comes to whether or not they're able to to maintain their pace. Um, you know, winning forty eight games last year, if they're if they're going to sniff that total again, he's got to have another big year. Um, but but I'm thinking they're going to be under probably. Um, I'd peg them at like forty four ish wins this year. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see um, a lot of. Um the Euro scouts were really high on Goga, um, who they took with the 18th pick in the draft. Um, um, a big man down low. So it'll be really interesting to see how they work him into the rotation with Sabonis and Turner. I think they'll um, 
have to find a way to uh, to make a decision on on who they're going to have in that front court long term. So they might be seeing some some changes or, or use that as an asset to to make a trade to fill a hole if if uh, Depot doesn't come back to uh, um, um, in the way that they want him to, or he has a setback. I think they might use uh, one of those two guys as an asset to to uh, to make a move in the middle of the season. All right, um, that brings us to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks last season won 60 games, 60 and 22, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, this offseason, they lost Brogdon, who just signed with Indiana, as we uh, just mentioned. Nikola Mirotic um, left the NBA and, and signed with FC Barcelona overseas. They also traded Tony Snell and lost Tim Frazier. Um, they re-signed Chris Middleton to a, a big five-year deal and Brooke Lopez, um, and then also retained George Hill, who they had traded for uh, the year previously. Um, they added Robin Lopez on a, on a, a nice small two-year deal, Wes Matthews on a, on a small deal, Kyle Korver on a one-year deal, um, Dragon Bender, which is an interesting addition. Um, uh, so, I mean, they, you know, just at a, a quick glance, it doesn't look like they, 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 you know, they lost too much outside of Brogdon. Um, they're over under set at 58. So they are projected for a slight step backwards. Um, where are you at with the, with the bucks? Um, again, with a win total of 58 for the over under after 60 wins a year ago. I'm going to take the over here. I still think they're going to they're going to own the Eastern Conference, especially their division, as we've um, we've talked about pretty frequently so far. Is it's it's a pretty soft division. Um, there's a lot of holes on a lot of on a lot of these teams that they'll be able to exploit pretty easily with um, just the amount of talent they have with with um, Giannis. Um, I think adding adding Robin Lopez is going to be really good for their on the defensive side. He was obviously. Um, a big key for for the Bulls um, over the last couple of years, and I think he he brings a lot um, to the middle of the floor. Um, signing Corver is, is a nice little signing. I'm not sure um, how much value he's going to have going on. He kind of tailed off at the end of last year with the Jazz, um, but I think um, they they obviously were investing in the players that they that they um, retained. They uh, retained Chris Milton at five years uh, across or for five years for 178. Um, Brooke Lopez, four years, 52. And so um, a lot of money that they were putting there. I think the the signing that they would uh, like to go back and redo is um, signing Bledsoe late in the year last year prior to the playoffs, and he kind of um, disappeared. So if he's able to to take a step forward and maybe take on some of the stuff that they're losing in Brogdon, maybe some of the steady handedness that, that he brought to the team, um, I'm not sure that he can, but I still think that, once again, they have so much talent that, that is going to allow them to uh, um, to go over again this year. Bonus points at all for having uh, both Lopez twins. Twins are always bonus points. Perfect. Um, they also have uh, both Atentacumpos. Am I right? Uh, two of I think there's three or four. Yeah, of I them, guess so. they had, there's there's more than just two. But they also they signed. Uh, um, I don't recall his first name. Bonus points if you can say the name correctly. Perfect. Uh, I'm not going to try. Um, but they have two Atentacumpos and two Lopez's um, on the team. I, I really want to go under um, because I that tends to be where I where I go with these picks. Um, but I do think that the East is so bad that that the Bucks managed to to be right in that same neighborhood of sixty wins, which would be over um, the the total of fifty eight, of course. Um, Giannis is a monster. Um, 
keeping Chris Middleton matters. Having both Lopez's, they're both good players still. Um, yeah, I, I think I have to go over as well. I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna eat against teams like the Cavs and the Bulls and the Pistons in their own division. Um, not to mention the other bad teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, and uh, I think it's 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 an over. Um, I, I do think that some of the additions you mentioned, Kyle Culver isn't what he once was. Wes Matthews certainly isn't. Um, you know, I, I think the Lopez's neither of them are, but they're both still good players. There might still be a little bit. I, I, some of those moves may be overrated a little bit by the general consensus. Um, but the East is just so bad and, and the Bucks are head and shoulders above most of the rest of the teams and, and certainly in their division. So I'm going to go ahead and go over on them as well. Be a little bit more optimistic with Milwaukee. Um, I think that that's um, that seems about right to me. Well, I think you're you're going to count on on Giannis. I don't know how many more leaps he has in in him, um, but the leap he made this past year to to being the MVP is um, is was easily recognizable. And I think he's still got more in the tank to to improve. And I think that's what they're betting on. I think they were um, obviously making plays at at uh, re-signing and and showing an investment in this team to to hopefully down the road know that they can uh, they can re-sign him. Um, I think a second year in, in Budenholzer's uh, system there will be um, will be added benefit to him. He obviously changed the way that the team was run. Um, I think uh, I think they could I think they could end up in the the 62 to 63 win range just because of um, of Giannis and, and some of the the kind of the pieces that they have around him. All right. Um, well, that does it for the Central Division, and I guess. Um really for the Eastern conference as a whole, we've only got two more divisions to go. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll be hitting those here very shortly. Um, once again, thanks for listening, um, to the locked on wolves podcast. Um, part of the locked on podcast network. Remember the locked on network is your local experts on the biggest stories. That's all we have today. Um, again, we'll be back with the last couple divisions here shortly. Once again, I'm Ben beacon. This is the locked on wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.